Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. This is the official Notre Dame football postgame show presented by St. Joseph Health System. Brought to you by Coca-Cola, Sirius XM, Chili's, Papa Vino's, South Bend Orthopedics, South Bend Airport, West Bend Insurance, Centier Bank, and ABC 57 News. Also by Pet Refuge, Barnabies of Mishawaka and Granger, OSMC, and the Food Bank of Northern Indiana. Stood up, looked over the sideline, still looking, now walks up two steps to the center, yells the play, and now he's ready for the snap. There it is. Fakes to estimate in the pocket. Good pocket. Throws into the end zone. Touchdown, Michael Mayer! Mayer crossing from right to left, caught the ball right in front of the goal line and spilled across it. 6.24 left in the first quarter. Notre Dame leads UNLV 16-7. Hey, how about that? A win, a home win. Notre Dame winning it over UNLV today, 44-21. This is the official Notre Dame football postgame show uh, presented by St. Joseph Health System. I'm Jimmy Rosari. Uh, Reggie Brooks joining me as well. Uh, that catch, by the way, by Michael Mayer. Uh, six catches, 115 yards on the day, all in the first half, by the way, including that touchdown from uh, from 20, uh, yeah, 20 yards out. And... Uh, that ties him for fifth all time at Notre Dame. <laughs> Just fifth. This this, this guy's you know, he he's something special. Um yeah. and you know, that's just continues to show up week in and week out. Um and you know, and I'm a big fan of we need to do more and spread the ball around, but I I understand why Drew gets zeroed in on number eighty seven. Oh, it's, absolutely. it's hard not to because so, but you know, you, you, you get you, you're torn. It's like get the ball to 87, but at the same time, like man, we need to get the ball to other people because everybody's gonna be focused on, on right. Michael. <laughs> right. I uh, I mean, I mean, his hand, I mean, he catches everything that comes his way almost. Uh, he he had that just ridiculous catch. When when was that? I had it in my notes here. Uh, Right oh, at the yeah, start the, of uh, the, the second one quarter. When, he, the, when yeah. he literally caught the one-hander when the guy was literally in his chest. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just a ridiculous <laughs> and that catch. And, and it was passing the parents, too. It, it was. <laughs> Didn't get called, but wouldn't have mattered anyway. And uh, also, I that, that touchdown that wound up getting overturned, too, that was a hell of a catch, too. Uh, if he had just been able to you know keep it in his hands instead if of he was able it to hit the ground. Catch, catch it clean hmm. the first time. He, yeah. he was able to catch it clean the first time. And you know, again, you know, it's it's nice to be able to nitpick about things like that when you're talking right. about a kid like like Michael Mayer and, and just <laughs> yeah. what what he's able to do. Yeah, that that might be the worst thing either one of us have said about Michael Mayer all season. So, man, w- wish he had that other pass. Okay, <laughs> not 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 a bad yeah. day for Michael Mayer. So, uh, not a bad day overall for uh, for Notre Dame either. Offense got going early. Uh, Reggie, your thoughts. I will say this is where, you know, and I don't want to get like, oh, over the moon. And they did what they were supposed to do. 
yeah. know, and that's, that's be mindful of that. But I just, you know, you saw a sense of urgency and, and, and Coach Freeman mentioned it, you know, after the game. It's like, you know, you got to have a sense of urgency and get out there, but you got to be consistent in that. Yeah. You know, and that's that's the thing I'm looking for is that consistency. You know, they were they they had UNLV outmatched. They, they dominated up front, which they were supposed to do on both sides of the ball. So you had this expectation. But I'm gonna be honest, I, I was nervous coming into this game because oh, I didn't know <laughs> who was showing up. Because like I said, we Notre Dame has not played well at home, mm-hmm. and you know, you know, they had a little ebbs and flows. But this was by far one of the most complete games of offense, defense, and special teams um, that I saw uh, all year. And, you know, I, Drew Pond, is, he's going to get there, but he's he's missing too many – he's still missing too many throws. Yeah. He, you know, it was at least three touchdown opportunity – passing opportunities that he had he just miss, missed. Um, so, you know, it's a lot of things – there's things, you know, they can work on. But this is, you know, can we see this again next week and the following week? That's going to be the real test, but right. they did what they needed to do this week, uh, this Saturday, and it's just a matter of you know them c- going back and saying, okay, how can we be more consistent in this type of play? Exactly, exactly, and yeah, like everybody around here was nervous too. Like I, I was walking over from the parking lot to the stadium this morning. Uh, there was like this nervous, really nervous energy in the parking lot uh, as as all the tailgating was going on. So I was just like, okay, it's not just me feeling that. All right, sweet, good. Uh, so, but uh, it's it's good that they got the win. Uh, good that we actually saw a uh, a little bit more consistent offense, one that got going early. Uh, you know, still plenty of room for improvement, but uh, it uh, it wound up leading to a uh, to a pretty big win by Notre Dame. Getting them back up above 500 to four and three. Uh, we've got tons more. We're just getting started here on the official Notre Dame football uh, post game show. We've got uh, Marcus Freeman's post game press conference coming up. We've got uh, we've got players. Uh, we'll break down offense, defense, <laughs> special teams, even uh, making some plays uh, today. Uh, just uh, just an all around uh, great effort by uh, by the Fighting Irish today. So uh, we will uh, get to that coming up here on the official Notre Dame football postgame show on Sunny 101.5 and Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Marshall Nichols, the punter for UNLV, 637 left in the first quarter, standing on his own 15, waiting to punt to Brandon Joseph, who's standing on his own 25-yard line. Snap, hits him shoulder high, blocked! Blocked punt at the 20-yard line. Isaiah Foskey came free and took it right off of the toe of Marshall Nichols. <laughs> One of two punt blocks by Isaiah Foskey today. Uh, all part of the 44-21 win by Notre Dame over UNLV today at Notre Dame Stadium. This is the official Notre Dame football postgame show. Jimmy Rosario with Reggie Brooks. Let's start breaking down the offense. Uh, Drew Pine, 14 of 28, 205, two touchdowns. Uh, one interception off of uh, off of a tip ball. Uh, we've also got to see Steve Angeli, kinda sorta. Uh, Drew took a uh, Drew took a real big hit after a a 21 yard gain uh, that got him down to the one yard line. That that should have been targeting. I thought. Exactly. Um, I, yeah. I could not agree more. 
that was is least to me is you know <laughs> targeting is is very subjective but you know right. i'm like how is that not right yeah <laughs> someone you know if somebody can give me a reason why that wasn't i would love to know uh considering you know later in the game uh jd gets called for another targeting and it's like that's a tackle so right. you know I, i'm glad that they made a good decision and overturned that but yeah that one was you know and you know again we're we're a little thin at that court qb position yes we and are. be honest with you i didn't know who the backup was and you know <laughs> i was a little, I was a little nervous when I saw him come in. I'm like, right, who is this kid and why is he on the field? This is not good. Wait a minute, that's not number ten on the field. Who's eighteen? Who's eighteen? Yeah, who's that? <laughs> it's just uh, Steve Angeli. Uh, he uh, he wound up handing it off three times. Uh, actually, just two times. Uh, he was in on three plays. Uh, that uh, the Drew Pine run wound up leading to a direct snap to uh oh i forget i forget forget his name evans uh direct snap to evans and uh he he pushed it in from a yard out and uh that gave notre dame another touchdown so uh and surprised then, they fell for that again what's that they fell for that, they they fell for that play twice yeah yeah they did the, the tight end sneak mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and it's like <laughs> huh. it's like they got you twice and you know, again, I, I just thought that was curious. I was like, you've seen this before. You're not really up there. You didn't make right, a change. Exactly. exactly. Like, he, you know, like Evans hasn't been in all game except for this play and the other tight end, sne- you know, sneak. It's like, yeah. uh, come on, guys. You know, come on. And it wasn't like it was a, a quick snap either. It was just like, I no. mean, they held it a minute. <laughs> it, was, it was not. Uh, so. But uh, Drew Pine wound up coming back into the game, uh, wound up finishing the game, and uh, and 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 honestly, I I think finishing you know strong enough, still missing some throws, uh, though you know there there were there could have been more points on the board quite honestly today. Without a doubt, I mean our third down conversion rate was was pretty poor. I mean you know it it was just on, it was only dwarfed by. How poor UNLV even worse, couldn't convert. Yeah. Yes, so <laughs> that that was that was very uh, to at least to me disconcerting that you know and and they were not like real. I mean, they were very manageable third and you know yeah. medium to short, mm-hmm. and we we you know just the lack of execution in those in that situation was was uh, very concerning and uh, definitely something that you know you you have to look at. And, you know, I, I, I'd say that was three touchdowns at least left on the field. Yeah, I would agree with that. that that's I, I had that estimate, too. Uh, Notre Dame, nine of, nine of 17 on third down today. Uh, but like Reggie said, only, <laughs> only dwarfed by even worse numbers from UNLV on third down. 0 for 12. Yeah. Wow. And for a minute, I mean, and, and a lot of those con- third down conversions came in the fourth quarter when we really yeah. had established the run yeah. game and, mm-hmm. and was pounding them pretty good. But we, I, I, first half, we were 3 4 11. Yeah. It was not good. Yeah, it, 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 it wasn't pretty. It was not pretty at all. But like you said, uh, a lot of those uh, conversions came in the second half after the run game got, uh, got, 
going pretty well today. Logan Diggs uh, looking like uh, like he's all of a sudden turning into RB1 here for the Fighting Irish. 28 carries, uh, 130 yards, no touchdowns, but, I mean, came close, you know, and just several uh, several uh, good-sized runs uh, when Notre Dame needed them the most. And I will have to say I'm a little disappointed that they did not let my man get the touchdown, right? you know, and finish <laughs> it off. I, I, you know, I'm a little salty about that because it's like, <laughs> you man, this man got you all the way down there. And, it, and I, have, I, I have a reason for saying that because I remember when, if I got the ball down, if I didn't score 20, I wasn't going see to the, see the ball again. And right. so, you know, I'm, I, I, I'm, 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 you know, kind of having some, you know, flashbacks of how I was <laughs> felt mistreated in terms of goal line opportunity. So, I, I'm always for if the guy got you down there, let him finish it off. Yeah, uh, Audric Estimates uh, kind of developed a little bit of a fumbling, a fumbling problem of late. And the thing that I noticed in, in, in a few times that he carries the ball low. Yeah, and that is a real a real issue. Two things I, I've noticed about him: he has when he's going to make contact, or you know, going to he has a he has a tight he has a, a, a small base, and that means his legs are a little closer together than what I think they should be, and he carries the ball low, and that's what's creating a lot of the turnovers is because because he doesn't keep it high and tight. Yeah. Carrying it low is it's a more exposed and you know and it's led to some very costly fumbles. Yeah, in in in, in two games. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he he did have a touchdown, but uh, just just three carries today for 17 yards. After after that fumble, I don't think we saw him again the rest of the day. Uh, most of the uh, most of the running done by Logan Diggs. Also, Chris Tyree uh, showing up once again. Ten ten rushes. 43 yards and a touchdown for Chris Tyree. And, and, and you can see both Logan and Chris are starting to understand that, you know, ways running is not to your best interest, much, much more aggressive in their running, mm -hmm. much more downhill. Yeah. Yeah. They got the speed to get to the edge, but I saw both of them, you know, and, and I'm pretty sure that's uh, coach Dellen's uh, uh, emphasis on yeah. <laughs> running downhill north and south as opposed to east and west because we've moved away from not so much the zone. We still have the zone ca capability, but these guys are hitting it up in there with a lot more force and a lot more uh, intent of getting downhill. And that wears on a defense. Yeah. And you saw as that game went along, the defense wore down because of not just the offensive line leaning on the uh, defense, but the back starting to run with um, a, a, a purpose in a downhill motion and attacking the defenders as opposed to you know running sideways where they can just just trip you up. When you 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 bust it up in there a few times, it it, it catches the attention of a of a linebacker and a, and a safety from time to time. <laughs> yeah, it's uh you know. Just go power, you know, until you get to the secondary. Then, then put on the Jets. And uh, you're right; they uh, they seem to be figuring that out, and uh, just in time too. Uh, as far as receiving goes, Michael Mayer, like I said, big day today: six catches, 115 yards, and a touchdown, all in the first half. 
Uh, Braden Lindsey, four for uh, four for 38 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Jaden Thomas with two catches. Lorenzo Styles with two catches. So, uh, you know, like, like you said, when, when Michael Mayer does so many things so well, it's easy for Drew Pine to kind of get into a rut where he's just looking for him. But uh, it, it, it did feel like he was getting the ball around a lot more than, uh, than he has in past games. I, could, I couldn't, couldn't agree with you more on that. And it was good to see. And the, the pass to Jaden really, it, it got me excited because I see a receiver stemming a route on that post and he actually turned the, the defensive back around, mm-hmm. you know, and that's – I'm pretty sure he was shocked to see a, 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 a Notre Dame receiver stem around. Right. We, I mean, outside of 87, you just haven't seen it. And yeah. that – I mean, it opened up – I mean, it opened up completely because he didn't think that – again, you know, great job by Jayton of pushing pushing the defender outside and then getting up inside and, and, and you know, and that's another – throw that was missed I mean he, he made the catch but it should have been quicker and it should have been more on a line so um he could catch and, and and run with it and that's one of the things that as, as Drew gets you know gets more comfortable and plays more he's going to know hey this this throw is this this throw is you, you know you need to touch here versus more of a, a, a drive drive the ball out to the outside and and if he can get that and get more consistent in that area. You know, this team, they have some opportunity to get better and to make some noise, um, at least from the standpoint of, you know, getting to a decent bowl game. Absolutely. Uh, And another thing that the offense was doing, they were taking advantage of of mistakes that that UNLV made and also uh, opportunities that, especially the second the uh, the special teams made for them Isaiah Foskey the first Notre Dame football player to ever block two punts in a single game records dating back to 1937 according to the uh, football's PR team uh, he performed both of those blocks in the first quarter but uh, they scored they scored points off of each one of those and that's that you know be honest with you, it's been a while since I've seen the special teams, you know, make make a impact. You yeah. know, you see Brandon Joseph; he's he's make you know returning some kicks a little bit more on the punt, yeah. Um, block block punch. You see, I'm actually seeing, you know, schemes set up to to for a block versus for a return and things of that nature, and it, and it is a vital part of this. You know, the 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 you know three areas of the game. If you can, you know, we flipped the field several times in this game that put them in a, in a, in a, back them up. And we stayed on their side of the field for the majority of the game because we, we took care of business on the special, from a special team standpoint of flipping the field, of getting them backed up, of putting them in difficult situations where they're forced to, to go the length of the field. And when you can do that, you know, you you grind a team down when they haven't make long drives and you're you're you have a shorter field. And as I mentioned, Isaiah Foskey with two punt blocks, just a monster day for Isaiah Foskey, uh, even on defense as well. And we will get into that 
Coming up next, the uh, the Food Bank of Northern Indiana, a uh, sponsor here of the official Notre Dame football postgame show. Food Bank of Northern Indiana, hunger is a story we can end. Learn more at feedindiana.org. More to come still on the official Notre Dame football postgame show on Sunny 101.5 and Sports Radio 960. Freel back to pass on his own 30. Over the middle, complete to the 40 of Notre Dame. Spin Balls move. out. Ball's ripped out. Fumble. Notre Dame picks it up to the 40. And out to the 45-yard line is Clarence Lewis. That is Clarence Lewis with the forced fumble and the recovery, uh, all part of Notre Dame's 44-21 win over UNLV this afternoon. The official Notre Dame football postgame show is presented by St. Joseph Health System. Rolling on, Jim Irizarry with Reggie Brooks. Uh, the defense uh, had one of those days today. It was it was really solid, of course, led by Isaiah Foskey, who, in addition to two punt blocks, uh, had five tackles, three sacks uh, for Isaiah Foskey. Just just a monstrous day from him. Yeah, that, I mean, you know, it's it's you know, we haven't been calling his name a whole lot this year, yeah. but he he made his presence known in in multiple ways and. You know, he he established his presence on that football field that no one can say that he didn't show up and show out and show out. Yeah, you know, like like I said, uh, the uh, that that's that's the first Notre Dame player to have two punt blocks in the same game. So he gets his name in the record book right there. So uh, J T. Bertrand leading the way with uh, with seven total tackles. He also had a half a sack. Uh, also, uh, you know, of those tackles, one and a half for loss. Uh, Houston Griffith with uh, with five tackles, uh, one of them for loss. And then uh, Maris Leofau, five tackles, uh, two of them for loss. Uh, and you had Clarence Lewis recovering the fumble. The defense forced a turnover. And that's something, again, that, you know, we, I know it's been talked about, especially with the Al Golden, you know, defense for them to show up and 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 be honest with you you know the the punt blocks yeah that's a turnover so you know and technically that's you know the defense triggered what three turnovers in this game yeah 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 they did uh just you know a solid effort by the defense i i I thought the uh I, i thought the defense uh as far as uh uh you know, getting the big plays. You know, they got the fumble. They got the two punt blocks. You know, they they were on it today. Uh, the tackling and still the uh, still giving up the big play uh, still yeah. kind of reared its ugly head again today. Uh, UNLV had a couple of uh, had a couple of long runs, had a couple of big plays uh, that uh, that wound up leading to points. The running uh, UNLV was running back is is pretty good, pretty yeah. shifty player. He 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 played well. So you know, you know, I like to say you know they they give away scholarships too. So it's not a you know. <laughs> so he 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 stepped up and, and and you know, and that was the one thing you know. You look at him, you know, he's small, and but you know, very quick, very explosive. And he he ran hard, you know. Not not as he didn't run inside nearly as much as our guys, but and that's probably by choice because he, <laughs> he's not the biggest fellow to be up in there with the, <laughs> Might get the big lost. boys. And, uh, <laughs> Might get lost in the yeah. pile. <laughs> but 
but to your point about the the missed tackles again, it, you know, it's just you know Notre Dame's defense has to do a better job of of, of you know taking better angles and wrapping up. Yeah. Um, too many times guys are are kind of flailing around missing because they don't break down to make tackles and um, and and again, hats off to to Courtney Reese, that kid. He 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 could move and he could make he could he moved well in tight spaces. Yeah, eleven carries, hundred forty two yards, an average of just a just under thirteen yards a carry. Of uh, you know just a couple of huge runs today. Uh, one for seventy four yards, one for forty seven yards. Uh, I mean, just just a huge day by him. Uh, Notre Dame, you know, the run they could get run on a little bit too. Uh, Bailey had a had a uh, had a couple of third downs, uh, or I'm sorry, had a had a couple of plays, you know, short yardage where Notre Dame can make a stand and wound up getting the first down. Uh, obviously, none of them on third down because. They went over twelve in that respect, but um, there were a couple of plays where yeah, couple, uh, I remember yeah. those, especially down the goal line. It's like yeah. he's right there. Can you just get him on the ground? Yeah. And, you know, he's not the shiftiest guy, but it's like it looks like our guys. Maybe you know, because we had a teammate of mine, uh, Lee Beckton, was not the fastest guy, but it was just so frustrating because he could make guys miss in in such close spaces, and that's how the quarterback looked watching uh, Bailey. It was like. Guys, he's right there. Can't you just – he's right there. He's not really doing anything special. We just go tackling. And they really struggled to do that. He did a great job of, you know, making just like little moves here, just enough to to throw the defender off. And, you know, we're still struggling, you know, we have we as we have been all year of uh, becoming – we got to become a better tackling football team. Yeah. If, they're, if they have a chance to be, uh, of having success in these next two ball games. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the uh, our next two opponents actually facing off today between uh, Syracuse and Clemson, playing a uh, a heck of a ball game uh, earlier today down in uh, down at Clemson. Uh, but uh, yeah, heading to heading to Syracuse next week. There's there's one thing that uh, that Syracuse has really improved on, and that is causing turnovers. They have caused, I believe, twelve turnovers. They only caused seven all of last season. So obviously the defense is much improved uh, in Syracuse, which obviously could cause some problems for the offense. And Syracuse uh, shot themselves in the foot with penalties. Yeah, um, they they had they had Clemson beat, and it just made some on one drive two bonehead and personal foul penalties that <laughs> you just you, there's just like what are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? And that and that comes back to just having the discipline. And you know, to play the game and keep it clean and not allow emotion to, you know, you want to have emotion, but you need to make sure you have your emotions under control so you don't make those, you know, mistakes like that that cost cost that literally cost them the game. Right. Exactly. Uh, we have uh, Marcus Freeman's press conference still to come. In fact, we will get to that next. Also, uh, some player uh, press conferences as well. We'll get to a couple of those. And uh, we'll get our player of the game. We'll uh, take a look at the opponent's scoreboard uh, a little bit later on as well. All this still to come on the official Notre Dame football postgame show. 
It's the official Notre Dame football postgame show on Sunny 101.5 and Sports Radio 960 WSBT. This segment brought to you by Centier Bank, Indiana's largest private family-owned bank. Marcus Freeman talked with the uh, with the media after the game. Here is that press conference. Anytime you're able to get a win, but a win in Notre Dame Stadium, it's special. And uh, guys, we know it was a tough week um, for all of us. You know, anybody that's a part of this Notre Dame family or Notre Dame Nation and, and this football team, it was a tough week. And, and I'm proud of the way our guys responded. Um, I'm proud of the way our fans and our students continue to support this team. And, and you could feel it. I didn't know what it was going to be like today. And to have those that many students come back and in, in, uh, after fall break um, and even the crowd, you know, to, to feel the support of, you know, the, our crowd, it, it's special and it, it helps us. It does. And so um, I'm proud of our guys. Listen, it wasn't perfect. We know that. Um, that's the reality of football. It's never perfect. There's a lot of things that you're going to look and, and want to correct, but Overall, they played a, a really good game and, and to be able to on all three phases, you know, there's there's work to do on all three phases, but there was really big highs today on all three phases. And 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 that's what's good to see from special teams to offense to defense. They all played at points really, really well, and they all played at points not so well, you know, that we have to improve. But um that's the reality of, of, of football. Like that's where we are as a team. And, and we have to continue to get better, right? You're talking about the ebbs and flow of a season to get us to this point Well, you see it in the game, you see it within series and uh, to, to, for them to, to get a victory like this is, is really um, pleasing for them, for me um, and for this program. So with that, I'll open up for questions. Uh, front row, John Bryce. Hey, Marcus, um, what had you guys seen on film that maybe you felt you could exploit uh, with your pump block unit? And then for, with this team's pretty small margin for error, how important is it to be able to capitalize on those things? Yeah, I mean, you know, Coach Mace has done a great job um, with all of our phases of special teams. Um, and every week we've been an aggressive pump block unit, you know, and we've gotten two before this game and it, we just got home, right? It wasn't that you know, hey, they had something in particular that we're going to exploit more anything. Every week we feel like we can take advantage of a, a punt team. And, and Coach Mason does a great job of, of executing the game plan. And today we were able to get two. And um, and then those are game changers. Those are momentum shifts. And uh, to be able to capitalize off and get points, you know, I know I don't think both times you got a touchdown, but to get points, um, it's huge. It's huge. And last week we didn't, right? And, and that's part of um, making sure that we're able to execute. And uh, those are huge. And you referenced it by no means a perfect game, but how much did you guys need a game like this where early on you got to feel good about yourselves and got to see some things go your way? Yeah. Um, you know, the ability to to give yourself, to put yourself in position to win is is really what we focus on, and that's the plan, the prep, preparation. But at the end of the day, we're evaluated off of the result. We're evaluated off of did we win or did we lose, and, and – um, we were able to, we needed this. We needed this for um, our mentality, but our confidence to be able to just go and, and we are a good team. I've said that before. We're a good football team that um, doesn't always play that way. And it's our job as coaches to get our team to perform this way. And, and what they show today is um, when they do a good job and versus a good team, I thought UNLV was a really good team. I told Coach Royal before and after the game, he's got a good football team. And, um, you know, they didn't quit. And I think it was 23 to seven, maybe at the end of the first quarter. And, don't expect that team to lay down. They battled back. And so much respect to them. Um, but 
it was a huge uh, win for our program. Um, Back in the corner. That uh, Drew Pine rushed to the goal line, pretty tough hit on his head, neck area. How was he when he got to the sideline after that, right after that hit? I, I, he went to the doctors and they, he tried to stay in the game. The doctors pulled him out to uh, make sure to evaluate him. And then after that series, a couple plays, they said he was ready to go, but he wanted to keep going. But the doctor said, you're out. And so they did the evaluation and they gave him the thumbs up to go back in the game. And the byproduct of that was that Mitchell Evans touchdown, not to get too in depth on it, but where'd that come from that design? And was that kind of just the perfect moment? Oh, we have a quarterback question. Let's, let's get a little creative on the one. No, that was we had done that previously in the game. Third one, yeah, one early third and one, yeah, and that was something we wanted to use on short yardage. Just a uh, coach Reese creativity, right? Short yardage, and and uh, you know I challenge our offense. We got to be more successful on short yardage attempts, and that was a part of the creativity. And uh, it was it worked on third and one, and then it worked on that situation. Um, I don't know if he would have caught it if Drew was still in the game, but uh, it executed, and so maybe we'll expand that package a little bit. Second row on your left, Sean Styers. Kind of following up on the pine hit, you called the timeout right after that. Did you ask them to look for targeting? I did. I did. I thought from my viewpoint, just looking at the replay, it looked like close to helmet to helmet. And uh, they said they reviewed it and they went contacted Greensboro, the headquarters, and they said it wasn't helmet to helmet. So in the second half with the lead that you had, it obviously stayed a little close. Was there ever any thought to maybe bring in uh, Steve Angeli anymore? There was, there was. And if, before that last series, I had said, Hey, if we, if they don't score here, let's get Angeli ready to go. And uh, unfortunately they went down and scored. And, um, you know, I wasn't going to put Steve in right there at that moment. I wanted to stay with the offense and, and uh, we were able to go down and score and move the clock the way we uh, wanted to. And, but you know, I wanted to get him in the game, yeah. And then staying on your left front row, Patrick Angle. Marcus, when you look at your guys' uh, red zone or short field offense with probably some more times you would have wanted to score and then their ability to get touchdowns in the red zone, kind of how do you process that as far as what you saw in those red zone moments on offense and then maybe what you would have liked to have seen on in red zone defense there to force more field goals than you guys have. Yeah. I mean, the point of red zone when you're on offense, you want to score touchdowns and on defense, you want to make them kick field goals. And um, at some points today, it was a little bit opposite, you know, but I wanted to going into this game. I wanted to, if, if it was close last couple of games, I've been pretty aggressive on fourth and short um, this game. I wanted to, you know what, we're going to need groupie to, to get some confidence. We're going to need to kick the ball. And, and I had told coach Reese, Hey, if it's a, probably fourth and two, I'm going to kick it right now, you know, and, and really um, try to get some points on the board and, and get some momentum for our team. And that's what I told him. Hey, great job taking care of the ball. We get three points here. It's good momentum for our team. Defensively, obviously, you don't want them to score. There's some things we got to get fixed, um, you know, and, and I'm sure we'll go back and we'll review it and see what the issues were. And then today kind of seemed like the first game where field position really swung in, in for, to benefit you guys. What did that do, especially on a day where maybe offensively it might not have been as crisp or as even throughout the game as you might have wanted? Yeah, field position is one of our keys to victory, you know, and win the battle field position. And and obviously special teams helps tremendously with that. You know, the ability to block two punts are huge. And the third punt we didn't block, but it was forced a, a bad kick. And so if that's if you, the winning formula. If you want a chance to win, you got to win the battle field position. And today we did that. On your right, third row. Uh, Marcus uh, Terrence Moore from Forbes.com. 
Yeah, you mentioned at the beginning that uh, winning at home was a, it made this a very big victory for you. Is that something you stress to your players? And how important is it for you guys to get back that home field advantage? Yeah, I mean, this place is special. Notre Dame Stadium and, and you know, the history and tradition of this place is 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 something we all respect. And, and we haven't had the greatest showings in our home games. And there's a – you can name a list of reasons why. I don't know, you know, but – we needed to make sure our players understood the importance of performing well at home. And this is an advantage for us. It has to be an advantage for us. And so that's why I made that comment about it was good to get a good win. And it was great to get a good win in Notre Dame Stadium. So you physically talked to them about that? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And then uh, back to your left corner. Uh, Marcus, uh, how do you diagnose the two big, as a former defensive coordinator and how do you diagnose the two big runs that UNLV uh, pulled off today to led the points? Yeah, the first one, the first one, it, it was good. They haven't showed the run scheme where they pulled the center. Cause I watched it on the replay and they pulled the center and uh, the middle backer didn't get over top of the block. And it was one that you got to get drawn up. And we were in base defense and it was good. And it was, listen, a good execution on their part. Um, they were able to kind of scheme us a little bit on that run. And, and and they tried it again later in the game, and we were able to, you know, get it drawn up and fixed. The second one was just a mis-execution, and, and ultimately it's on us. Um, but we can't have MAs. And you know, our field ends got to leverage the ball and keep it inside of them. And he spills the ball, and the ball goes outside, and there's nobody out there. And so those are critical errors that we can't, we can't make. And uh, if you want to be a championship team, you want to be a great football team, you can't make those mistakes. And uh, those will be two plays that we get corrected um, and uh, we attack this week. And uh, on the real bright side for your defense, Isaiah Foskey showed up significantly in the game. Uh, I, I had him for, uh, he had the two block punts, three sacks. Did you see anything in practice this week that maybe was a little different about his effort? Well, I hope everybody in our program had a little bit of sense of urgency this week. And uh, that comes from the top down and that, you know, that was a, a big word for us was urgency. And the minute we hit the practice field, we're going. The minute we come out of that locker room, we're going. And the urgency that we must have is to execute, the urgency to do our job, the urgency to to play really hard but understand what our job is and do our job. And so, I mean, hopefully that was a reflection of it. But that's what you expect out of Isaiah Foskey. He can be a dominant football player, and uh, he, we're going to need him to be, especially these upcoming weeks. Third row in the middle, Aiden Thomas. Hey, Marcus, I just want to get your uh, thoughts on the run game and anything in particular that led to Diggs being kind of the workhorse today um, and also estimate with the you know the fumble again today and just kind of your thoughts on his development this year. Yeah, I mean, Audrick's been running the ball extremely well. Um, unfortunately, he's fumbled the ball, you know, each of the last two games. And um, I heard, you know, Coach Reese and, uh, you know, Coach McCullough kind of say, hey, put Logan in the game right now and let's let's go with Logan. And, and again, there's no great running back. I know he had a, 130 yards without – uh, five guys up front doing their job. And so credit to our offensive line and, and their ability when I think the best part about it is when UNLV knows you're going to run the ball, the ability to still run the ball. And I don't think we threw it that last series. That That's that's big. And uh, that's something when I believe in is that, hey, I don't care if a defense knows we're going to run the ball. We have to find ways to get positive yardage. And we were able to do that late in the game. Um, you know, but Logan's done a great job. He's continuing to get better. You know, that that's a a result of being unselfish. It's tough, man. You got three good running backs and everybody wants the ball. And today we rode Logan and he did a great job. And then last question for Coach Reed and Tyler James, uh, second round. 
Marcus, what can you say about the way J.D. Bertrand played today? And what did you see on the targeting that got overturned in your favor this time? I was pleading with the refs, man. Do you understand that if you give him targeting, he's out for a game? And so, man, he's a, he's a difference maker when he's in there. And uh, he's a really good football player. You know, he's a physical football player. He is an extremely physical football player. Well, with that comes, you know, those helmet-to-helmet opportunities. And so um, – it looked like the helmet hit the shoulder pad, which obviously they overturned it, you know, and and thank God it did, you know, because we we can't afford to to lose him for a game. Um, but he's doing a great job. He's a guy that just practices tail off. He's maximizes every ability he has. And so um he makes us a better defense when he's in there. And lastly, what did you sense from the way Drew Pine handled maybe some ups and downs today throwing the football? Yeah, a big thing with Drew was just continue to be confident, you know, and that the the I kept telling him like the ebbs and flow of a season happen within a game. It's it's okay. You know what I mean? You have to get your mind right, get back to the sideline and make sure you understand the next opportunity you get. Let's go. Let's go. There's a reason why you are a starting quarterback. We all believe in you. And so that's my biggest thing with him was hey man, be confident. You know, if we throw the ball, let's go. Put it ball where it needs to be. And it's never going to be perfect. But um as long as you continue to bounce play one play, one life, we talk about that often. And uh it was good to see him do that. He was confident and I told him the biggest thing get those guys up let's go we're confident offense and let's go execute all right thank you coach thanks guys and that is head coach Marcus Freeman post-game press conference right there uh, after Notre Dame beats UNLV 44 to 21 we'll uh, we'll get Reggie's thoughts coming up on uh, on what coach Freeman had to say we'll also probably hear from uh, Isaiah Foskey he had a big day today Michael Mayer also had a big day we'll hear from him in uh, each of their uh, post-game press conferences. Those are coming up here on the official Notre Dame football post-game show presented by St. Joseph Health System on Sunny 101.5 and Sports Radio 960 WSBT. The official Notre Dame football post-game show presented by St. Joseph Health System on Sunny 101.5 and Sports Radio 960 WSBT. I'm Jim Irizarry, Reggie Brooks with me as well. This uh, this segment brought to you by Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, serving Michiana's most favorite pizza since 1978. Uh, we, last segment we uh, heard from uh, Marcus Freeman, his press conference. Reggie, your thoughts on that press conference? Um, I felt he was a lot more, he sounded a lot more comfortable. Um, you, you could tell that he, you know, uh, Coach, um, his 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 coach came and visited him and kind of hopefully encouraged him to say, "Hey, you know, you got this." Talking, you know, they, I know they in the in the game during the game they talked about the ebbs and flows of of a season. So it, it's just important that he continues to improve and feel good about you know this team. You know, the more they can you know get out of this and the more they can understand what it means, you know, getting better. But now it's time to be consistent in that. And I was particularly struck by his mention of, you know, him talking to the team about home field advantage and the fact that, you know, it's been a while since Notre Dame has not played well at home this season. Right. And that, that's a, you know, and I found it a little like, why would you have to tell a team that? But, you know, in this day and age, you have to because there's a lot of, there's actually a lot more that can that happens while you're, you know, in a, a lot more happens now in terms of, you know, you leaving or going somewhere, you know, how you react to um, things that you have going on at home versus away. 
And there can be a lot more distractions when you play at home than when you do away. But that's why it's so important that you be keyed in and understand the importance of what does home field advantage mean and taking care of your house and doing the things that make people not want to come and play in Notre Dame Stadium. And, you know, I don't I'm not sure that that's something that's um, talked about very often, you know, because you you just kind of assume that home field advantages is home field advantage. Right. And, you know, what does that mean? And I'm not sure, you know, you know especially in this this day and age, you a lot of athletes that really think of it that way. I, uh, I I thought he was really impressed with, uh, you know, the, the home field advantage, especially since this week was fall break. Uh, you didn't have, you know, a full student section like you did. You know, a lot of, a lot of students uh, got the heck out of town for fall break, quite honestly. And uh, the, the fact that the crowd still showed up and was still loud uh, when they needed him to be, I, I, I felt like, uh, like he had a, a sense of appreciation for that. Exactly. And I think that's the, the, the thing that you, you look at is that, you know, he understands the importance of home field advantage. And, you know, the fact that, you know, he met, he mentioned it, I think it impressed upon the players that, you know, there is something to this. There's there's value in this. And you you have to be cognizant of that. Every time you step out on that field, every time you run out of that tunnel, you know, being cognizant of this is Notre Dame, this is our house and having an understanding of what that means and how it translates in your performance on the field. Exactly. Uh, We'll get uh, some more press conferences as well. Uh, We'll hear from Isaiah Foskey. We'll hear from Michael Mayer uh, coming up here shortly. We've also got the out-of-town scoreboard, the opponent's scoreboard uh, coming up. With, uh, with Matt Embry. He'll have that for you coming up in uh, just a few, and we'll also get to uh, our, our players of the game uh, or player of the game for uh, between the two of us. And I've got a couple ideas. Uh, I'm sure Reggie does too. Yeah, we already know who it is. Let's, let's, let's not, let's not, let's yeah, not, let, let's not kid ourselves. Come on. Come on, right? Jim. Let's not kid ourselves. Come on now. Let's not kid ourselves on this one. <laughs> right, right. Um, so we will get to all of that as the official Notre Dame football postgame show continues on Sunny 101.5 and Sports Radio 960 WSBT. The official Notre Dame football postgame show presented by St. Joseph Health System continuing. Jim Arizari with Reggie Brooks uh, updating a, uh, a couple of injuries. Obviously, you know, Drew Pine, you know, he, he got evaluated by doctors. They let him back in the game earlier. Uh, also, Prince Kali, uh, he uh, he left the field, and it really didn't look good, but he wound up back on the sideline, wound up getting back into the game as well. So uh, so that's, that's certainly good news and, uh, you know, still something to uh, – to, keep track of through the week, but uh, especially Prince Kali, uh, you know, like if, if if they didn't have him for Syracuse next week, uh, the linebacking core, I think, would be in real trouble. Yeah, that's one where, you know, it was good to see him come back out and, um, you know, get, get back out there again. I don't know what exactly 
happened and you know hopefully we'll get the report but hoping that he's full strength because we're going to need every viable body for next week because you know Syracuse is a good foot really good football team that um you know they're going to be a lot they're going to be a stronger test than than UNLV and you know our guys are going to be ready but it just seems we do we do play well away from home so maybe that we can keep that momentum going. <laughs> right. We do have that going for us. We, we're great on the road. But, uh, yeah, that, uh, you know, all hands on deck, basically, for uh, for Syracuse next week and then also for Clemson the following week. So uh, a couple of big tests coming up for Notre Dame. Uh, let's hear from a couple of players. We'll, uh, we'll go ahead and do Michael Mayer first. Here is his post-game press conference from earlier. And kind of hope for the best. Uh, um... You know, that's a route me and Drew have practiced a lot. We've repped a lot in uh, in practice. And, you know, those type of throws, are. it's just one of those things where it's kind of just like, all right, it's me against against a linebacker. Drew knows, you know, there's a pretty good chance if he kind of throws that thing up that I'm going to catch it. Um, and he believed in me, and he and he threw it up there, and I, I found a way to catch it. So it was a cool play. I, I haven't seen it yet, but I'm, I'm, pumped to, I'm pumped to watch it. Is that the best catch of your career or your life? I got I to gotta watch it first. Because, I, I mean, I was kind of all over the place out there. I, sometimes I just don't really remember things or some catches and stuff. And so I got to watch it. I'll, I'll get an answer for you later on, but it, it's up there for sure. There's no doubt. Yeah, we're on your right, Sam O'Malley. Right in the middle, Michael. There's there's a change in approach, it seems, in physicality for Logan Diggs. Can you discuss his efforts now on third down as a short yardage back? I don't think anyone said short yardage back Logan Diggs last year. Yeah, yeah. He's been coming alive tremendously. We, I mean – We've always known he could do this. Um, he's a he's a hard runner downhill. Um, I just think I think number one, the O line did a fantastic job today, um, creating holes for him, um, body on body, that type of thing. And I just think Logan's kind of taken on this role and and he's kind of perfected it in a sense. And he's been practicing it a ton all camp, all season long. And you know, it's kind of finally showing now in the middle of the season. Um, and so I think it's just we got to keep. You know, we got to keep giving him the ball. He's, he had a tremendous day today, and, uh, you know, he's just got to keep that positive mindset, and I think we just got to keep giving him the ball and giving him opportunities. And me and, and the other tight ends in the O-line just got to keep blocking. The other tight end had a touchdown today, Mitchell Evans. Is this? Uh, did you see that during practice? Did you think it would actually get utilized in a situation that, oh, was, yeah. so, that was so important in a game? Oh, yeah. We repped it a bunch during the week. Um We ran it on, what was that, that third one or maybe a fourth one? We ran it. He got it. Um and then we kind of pulled it back out of the woodworks to run it again on on the one yard line. And I wasn't really expecting that one, but I was like, hey, let's go. Um, and uh, that's cool. Cool moment for him. You know, he had a little injury. He just got back. Very cool moment for him scoring in a game like this. Um, second game back and, you know, tight ends got a few injuries, but, you know, we're still rolling. We still got we still got some good players. All the way to your right third row, Terrence Moore. From 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 your perspective, what do you think you guys have to do to get that home field advantage back to what you guys have for the previous uh, five years? Just got to keep winning at home. I mean, I, I don't know if there's anything else I can say. To get that feeling back, we have to keep winning at home. And we cannot lose at home because we'll never get that feeling back if we keep losing at home. So um, it was a point of emphasis all season long that we can't, can't lose at home. Obviously, that's not the way it's been. But, um, you know, take this momentum – and, and kind of take it for the next home game because we're going to need it. And um, nobody likes losing at home. 
Nobody. Nobody in that locker room likes to lose at home. Nobody in that locker room likes to lose at all. Um, so, you know, we're trying our best. We're pouring our hearts out on that field. And, uh, you know, we never want to let these fans down, let this community down and lose at home. Front row on your left, Michael. Michael, we saw you uh, before, like in the, the Cal game, go be quick to pick up Drew after a, a throw. He, he won it back, and we heard Marcus tell us a little while ago his message to Drew was just keep being confident. How do you kind of take that upon yourself to to help there where you can, given your relationship, him being a captain and all that? Yeah, I know, I know Drew pretty well. I know when he's down. I know when he's up. I know when he's in the middle. Um, and and I know when he needs a little slap on the butt to say, let's go, man. We're still in this thing. Let's do this. Let's go drive down the field. Let's go score. Um, and I think it's it's important because he does get down sometimes. And I think he does need some people to lift him up sometimes. And that's why I'm there. Um, you know, the other captains on the team are there for him. I know Coach Freeman is, Coach Reese. Um, and it's just about, you know, lifting him up and, and giving him confidence because we need our quarterback to have confidence. He had confidence today, and we need to keep that rolling. Um, middle on your right, Aaron Thomas. Hey, Michael. Uh, I just want you mentioned earlier about the injuries in the tight end room, and I just want to see what you what you saw out of Holden today, kind of his first game in a really increased role after Eli went down last week. Yeah, yeah. Holden's a great player. He's going to be a great player here. Um, he needs to gain a little bit of weight. Probably put 10, 15, 20 more pounds on. You block those big dudes in in the box. You know. I'm sitting at 260 right now. I think he's sitting at about 230, 235. So uh, he knows that. We were talking about it the other day, laughing about it. This offseason is a big offseason for him because next season is a huge season for him. Um, and I was telling him, just take the offseason very seriously, gain some weight, get a little bit faster, get a little bit quicker on your feet, that type of thing. Um, Holden Stays is going to be a very good player here. And, uh, you know, he did a very good job today. And then last one uh, on your right front row, Greg. Hey, Michael, um, just following up quickly on, on Mitchell's two rushes. Um, the broadcast crew noticed that it was a little similar to how the Chiefs sometimes use um, Kelsey's without getting too much into it. Is it a little exciting when, you know, Tommy or someone else comes in with a little inspiration from the pros or something like that? Yeah, it's 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 a weekly thing, um, whether it's, you know, it could be any of the offensive coaches coming in and saying, all right, you know, I watch this on Sunday night football or a Monday night football or that type of thing. It's like, we should try this. All right, we'll try it in Tuesday in practice or we'll try it in Wednesday in practice. If it works, it works. If it doesn't look very good, we're not going to run it. Um, and and that little QB sneak to Mitch is something we practiced a lot and it looked good every single time we ran it. So um, I'm glad that worked out the way it did. Any chance we see you under center anytime soon? We'll see. We'll see. You'll have to wait on that one. All right. Thanks, Mike. Thank you, guys. <laughs> a little cliffhanger there from Michael Mayer uh, as far as getting under center. Six catches in the first half from Mayer. Uh, he now has 157 career receptions, which ties him for fifth all-time at Notre Dame with uh, with Tom Gatewood, who played in the uh, late 60s, early 70s, and won Golden Tate. So, uh, And we've still got a few more games still company. to go. No, not bad company not at bad all. Company. Yeah, pretty good company for... Uh, for for Michael Mayer there. Um so uh your thoughts on uh, on what on what Mayer had to say. Well, um I'm I'm gonna tip my hat to him because again, you know you know what's kind of shocked he said he needs to put on some weight. He he's very frank. He's very upfront blunt. I I like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's like <laughs> Hey, he, he, yeah, he, I'm, I'm sitting at 260. He, he needs to get at least 10, 15 more pounds on him. <laughs> but that, that's, that's, but you can, when you have someone that's talking like that, 
you know there's a level of closeness within that tight end group that mm-hmm. he can say that, you know, well, we all know he's the leader of that group, but he he wants the best for the guys that he's playing with. And, it's, and you know, the more you hear him talk, the more you hear it's not about him, him, him complimenting the offensive line. That's key. Um, so that's, you know, when you hear stuff like that, you know, I be, become even more impressed with the type of person that he is, not just a player, you know, because he, he's, you know, very upfront, very engaging, you know, and he wants to, he wants the team to do better. And, you know, and you want to see the team do better for him because, again, this is most likely his last year at Notre Dame and, you know, you want him to go out on top because he's just that genuine and good of a person that, hey, you know, you like to see a kid like that. Yeah, we know he's going to, you know, play on Sundays, but, you know, it's something about college that you want to have success um, before you leave that, in, in you know, and Notre Dame is a place that's near and dear to your heart. And so you just want to you want him to have all the success possible. And, you know, he's doing everything that he can um, to, to help the team win. So it's just, you know, like to see more guys get on that bandwagon. Yeah. And, and, and like you said, you know, a, a level of closeness. I, I feel like he's got that level of closeness over the whole team. You know, like he, like he's almost like a big brother for everybody on that team, offense, defense, and special teams. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Again, he's just, and, you know, and, and he's there to you know look out for his quarterback. And you know, like I said, he hadn't seen it yet, and that, that that's another thing. It was like, you know, I, I, I didn't see it. You know, he's like literally in the middle of it, so. How would he know right. if that was his greatest catch? You got to see it first. <laughs> and it's always when you see stuff on Sunday, you're like, "Wow, wow!" Yeah. I, I would say that catch that he made down the down the scene was probably one of the best catches he's ever yep. made because he's literally <laughs> catching it while his guy's hanging on him, and he makes one head grab. Yep, that that has to be up there. It has to be. I, I would hope so. Uh, so that was Michael Mayer. Uh, let's hear from Isaiah Foskey as well. Uh, he's he he set a, uh, or at least moved up the list now uh, as far as career sacks go. He's now at twenty one and a half, which ties him for third all time in Notre Dame history. Uh, let's hear from Isaiah Foskey. He's on fourth down uh, today. You know, get a, get a fourth down stop in the red zone. Um, it just doesn't happen for you guys. Was that particularly frustrating, especially that play with um, Harris, um, Harrison Bailey not being able to keep him on the ground? Yeah, it was just something that the defense always wants to, like, stop him on fourth down, especially in the red zone. But it's something that all defenses, not just ours, just wants that to happen, just want to get off the field, get the offense the ball. Yeah, and uh, I'm looking up just at the, what the offense was able to do today, uh, particularly in some short yardage situations. Um, you know, just in practice, have you seen anything from them, um, you know, that's changed over the, like, in the last couple of weeks? Uh, from UNLV, they did a little little bit of different plays that we weren't expecting or didn't practice, but it's just something that we just had to address and we did today. Um, on your look back, Pete Burns. Hey, Isaiah, over here. Oh. It, yeah. After last week, was there a sense among the older players on the team that, that you guys needed to kind of take advantage and make things happen in your favor this week? Yeah, the whole emphasis this last week was just urgency, like everything is just right now. And then that's what we did. Everything was just right now, be intentional with it. Start out fast, and that's what we did. How important do you think those two punt blocks were in terms of the flow of the game? I feel like it was a very important. We got a lot of momentum, gave the ball back to the offense, and plus territory, which is great for the whole team. And then back to your right from Pete Sampson. 
Isaiah, the punt blocks you sort of take us in like what you're looking for there, like why that's been an effective part of, you know, this team's identity this season. Yeah, special teams is always something that uh, Notre Dame always hypes on, always <laughs> works on. And Coach Mays put me in the right position to wrap around a, a long sniper, just make a play. We've seen the opening for the last couple of games that UNLV showed, and we just took opportunity from it. Marcus was in here and he said that this is a good football team that doesn't always like play like a good football team. Like I was curious how you process that in terms of like, okay, here's what's left the rest of the season. Here's what this team can still be. It's just something I see it as we're a really good football team. We just need to be more consistent on offense and defense. But you see on defense that we let up a couple big runs, but that's just something that we just need to be intentional with the little things. And that's what we're going to head into Syracuse with. And then staying on your right, Mike Rodino in the second round. Isaiah, uh, how do you divvy up your time in terms of film study in a week between the special teams opportunities like that, punt block especially, and and your and your day job? And how how much does Coach Mason coming up to you and say, "I got an idea"? Like, you know, how do how do you make time for that? Uh, this is always this goes in my film study. And this last week we had fall break, so it was a little bit easier. So that's probably why I got a couple of pump blocks, a lot more film studying with that. But it's just I just add it into my film study, and if it's just extra time I had to do, it's just extra time I had to do. Then you have an extra coach in, in Bo Bauer, I guess. And, and mm-hmm. uh, Coach Mace was saying recently that uh, Bo's kind of taken on that extra role of mm-hmm. being, a, you know, breaking it down for you. Was he helpful at all in these pump blocks today? What and how? What's it like to include him? You know, in the, now he's hurt. I it was just, it was it was hard to like to miss Bo on this game, but it was just something that he's a great captain. He always leads. He leads the special teams in the right way, and he always coaching up everybody, especially me, trying to get a pump block. He gets a couple of pump blocks every year, so and we're going back and forth always trying to get pump blocks. But I think I'm ahead right now. <laughs> and then uh, staying second row on your left, Tyler James. I, Isaiah over here. Um, how would you evaluate your play this season heading into today's game? I felt like everything was just put together this uh, this game. Everything I was getting to the quarterback and special teams. I was getting a lot of pump blocks and two pump blocks. So I just feel like everything just came together for me. It was just something that I was looking forward to. Uh, Coach Freeman talked about everyone needed to be motivated after the way the last week went. How, how did that, how has the way this season gone maybe led into what you did today? Do you feel like you were a more motivated football team today? I feel like we were way more motivated. It's just what Coach Freeman started off this whole week is just urgency right now. And I feel like that's what motivated us to start off the game fast. And when you make a big play, it's just easy to be motivated. You want to make that next big play on offense and on defense. Yeah. Back to your right, Terrence Moore. Yeah. Uh, Coach Freeman was talking about how he stressed you guys how important it is to win at home. And I guess you guys lost two games at home this year, and, and the previous five years you lost two games all, all together. How do you get that feeling back where you get that home field advantage? It's just the mindset, and it's just like you and I coming here just trying to take over our home. It's something that – it's a mindset that we're not going to let that happen. Do you guys talk about it between you, yourselves? Yeah, we talk about it as a team, but it just – we just have that mindset of every team that try to come in here to try and take over our home, and everyone just doesn't want to let that happen. And that is Isaiah Foskey, uh, the uh, the junior defensive lineman today. <laughs> Not just two punt blocks, but also three sacks. He's the first Irish defensive player to have three sacks in a game since uh, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa had three against Iowa State in 2019. And... 
21 and a half sacks in his career. That ties him for third all time. The uh, the Notre Dame record, of course, by Justin Tuck with 24 and a half career sacks. So uh, he's moving up that list. Uh, just a monster of a game from Isaiah Foskey today. I have to mention this. I'm like when the the uh, reporter asked about film study in his day job. <laughs> These are kids. They yeah. go to class. I'm like, and yeah. in, in, in film study, it's not really extra film study because special teams is a part of that process. Mm-hmm. So it's it's it, you 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 actually study special teams in the process of your meetings as you go, you know, so you, you have offensive meetings, defensive meetings, they happen at the same time, individual meetings and special teams meetings. So it's, I just thought it was kind of like, not really, I mean, that's a part of the normal flow of things. So it's, I didn't think that, you know, you don't have to do anything additional to do film study for special teams. That's a part of the right meeting process. So I, I I don't know. I just kind of I think yeah, what I, I think what he I think what he meant with it was uh you know since it is fall break this week he probably had more time to do it and probably more time to to let it sink in and you know actually be able to you know like really study it so you know maybe that's what he meant I don't know but uh, regardless. Whatever he did in film study, sure worked today. Uh, five tackles, three sacks, <laughs> uh, two blocked punts. You know, just like I said, a monster game from Isaiah Foskey. We'll get to the uh, the uh, uh, Notre Dame opponent's scoreboard presented by Under Armour coming up in uh, just a few, and uh, we'll get to our player of the game. And uh, you know, I, I'm pretty sure you've probably figured that one out already. So uh, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe. I, I got an idea. I got a thought. I, okay, I, I think we know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so. That uh, that is still to come here on the official Notre Dame football post game show presented by St. Joseph Health System. And now it's time to see how Notre Dame's opponents fared today on the Under Armour opponent scoreboard. Of course, Under Armour, the official clothing and uniform providers of Notre Dame athletics. Ohio State, no problems today. Fifty-four to ten, they defeat Iowa in Columbus. Marshall. Defeats James Madison today, 26-12. Keep in mind, James Madison was number 25 in the AP poll, 5-0. They have now lost back-to-back games. California and Washington will meet tonight at 10-30. BYU went into Liberty and got throttled by the Flames today, 41-14. BYU falls in action today. Big game currently in Palo Alto. Stanford has, with 20 seconds left, a 15-14 lead on Arizona State. However, the Sun Devils have it at the Stanford 34-yard line and are attempting a 51-yarder field goal to win the game. For now, though, Stanford with the lead, 15-14. Syracuse and Clemson, the next two opponents on Notre Dame's schedule. Clemson gets the victory today, 27-21. Navy falls to Houston in American Athletic Conference play, 38-20. And Boston College, no match for Wake Forest today. The Demon Deacons hammer the Eagles, 43-15. North Carolina and USC had this week off. 
44 to 21, Notre Dame gets the win over UNLV. Jim and Reggie will wrap it up on the official Notre Dame po- football postgame show presented by St. Joseph Health System after this final timeout on Sunny 101.5 and Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Wrapping up the official Notre Dame football postgame show on Sunny 101.5 and Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Uh, do want to mention a, a couple of our sponsors, those being the Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Center, OSMC, providing orthopedic care to Michiana since 1973. Also by Pet Refuge, adopt, don't shop, where new beginnings have happy endings. Reggie, uh, let's get to player of the game first. And, uh, I mean, for for me, anyway, I uh, I Isaiah Foskey just had a monstrous game today, so he's... He's my pick for player of the game. I concur wholeheartedly. Uh, number seven was a monster on defense and on special teams. And, you know, with two, three sacks and two block punts, and I look at those as two turnovers. Uh, great job by this young man, and he's a, he's a force to be reckoned with. Now third all-time career sacks with 21 and a half, too. So moving up the list, moving up the list. Uh, let's see. Syracuse coming up, uh, either a noon kickoff or a three thirty kickoff. Who knows? We we might find out, you know, sometime before Monday. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but uh, why, why would they do that? <laughs> yeah. Why didn't you let you know that? I, I I can't imagine. You know who's holding that up? ESPN. Uh, but. Uh, uh, <laughs> your your thoughts heading into uh, heading into the uh, the game against Syracuse? Um, that's that's going to be a tough one, you know, because yeah. like I said before, Clemson uh, uh, Syracuse let Clemson off the hook mm-hmm. in that game, like no doubt about it. And for them, for Notre Dame to come in and you know going to Syracuse, they're going to be playing in the dome. They're going to have to play their their best game. And they're gonna stop um, the quarterback Garrett Schrader. He's he's a, a, a danger with throwing the ball, but also yeah. with his legs. Mm-hmm. And Orlando Gadsden, that, that is a good big receiver. He's physical. Um, you know they're gonna have to step up. And I, I think this is really gonna come down to if our defense can can really get after the quarterback and contain him and not give up the big play to the quarterback, whether it's in the passing game or him scrambling, we're going to do a much better job. Notre Dame's going to do a much job, better job of getting to the quarterback and getting them down. Because even though, again, against against UNLV, they did a great job of getting after the quarterback, they're going to have to make sure they don't let him escape the pocket. That's going to yeah. be key. And then, you know, defensively, I mean, offensively, Notre Dame is, is going to come down, like I said, because – Syracuse gave up uh, almost 300 yards rushing to to, to Clemson. So, you know, I'm hoping our identity, we understand who who we are. And that is a physical run football team that after that, you know, play action pass and get the ball downfield. And Drew Drew Pine has got to make sure he completes the passes that are those little passes that are available to him. He doesn't need to do anything big, but when the the ball, when guys are running wide open, he's got to get them the ball, and he's yeah. got to stop aiming the ball and just go ahead and let it play, be played with confidence, and let it rip. 
Yeah, I I wholeheartedly agree with that. Um, they got to cause they got to cause some turnovers against Syracuse, uh, you know, and and also not let Syracuse cause any turnovers against them. Uh, that is one thing that Syracuse has really improved on with their defense this year has been causing turnovers. They've already got a like I think a dozen turnovers. They had seven all of last season, so that is that is definitely. Uh, a, a big strength, and they get points real quick. Whether it's uh, yeah. whether it's it's on a drive, or they'll just you know pick up a fumble and score with it. Uh, they 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 make you pay for your mistakes. So uh, yeah, the the fewer mistakes, the better for uh, for Notre Dame next week. So there we go, another week in the books, four and three. This is going to be. Which Notre Dame team is going to show up on Saturday? <laughs> right. Yeah. Hopefully, it's the one that's focused and in uh, in doing little things. It yeah. always comes back to doing little things. Right. The 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 one catching that does. Go ahead. Catching the football, you know, no turnovers, you know, blocking, tackling, good old basics. You know, stay stick with the fundamentals because. The fundamentals will put you in a position to be successful. Right. It's uh, it's almost as if they don't have any fear playing on the road. Let me say this, Steve. When again, it's it's about distractions, yeah. and you would be surprised how fewer distractions there are when you're playing away than when you're playing at home. Right. You know, when you're playing at home, you have you know usually sometimes you have family coming in. Um, you know, let's be let's let's be realistic. You know, there are females on campus and around campus, so <laughs> you may have some, you know, girlfriend issues. Sure. Um, and then there's just a lot of little nitpicky stuff that's because you, you're in the dorms all yeah. week, mm-hmm. and you're hearing you're you're going to class. You know, you you you're bombarded. You're accessible. You're yeah. more accessible at during the home game weeks than you are when you go away. When right. you go away to away games, that's you, – you're not having to wear – nobody's calling you about tickets. You're sequestered, and you can leave that mess where you – you can leave it back back at home versus right. you don't take it on the road with you. So I see why that can happen, but that's why I said you have to be that much more intentional at home than you do away because when you're away – you don't have the drama that you you can tend to have when you're uh, at home. We do know that it's either going to be a noon kickoff or a three thirty kickoff, and I also believe that the game uh, will either be on ESPN or ABC. It just kind of depends on what time the kickoff is, and maybe we'll find that out tomorrow, maybe Monday. You know, hopefully it's not yeah, Thursday. Let's wait till Wednesday and find out. We'll be yeah, good. Let's, 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 just put, let's just put this off, you know, as far as we can possibly. How about so. making a game time decision? How about that? <laughs> right, let's, exactly. Let's just wait till game time. Which, we just, get to, this is rising. Get, get to a 6 a.m. Saturday morning. Yep, we're kicking off at noon today. Oh, Jesus. Let's go. <laughs> so. Anyway, well, uh, of course, uh, you know, we'll we'll be announcing uh, when that kickoff is. Notre Dame will be announcing it too, and uh, like I said, the uh, the sooner they figure it out, the better. Because uh, as a guy who has to basically arrange everything, I, I 
I'm I'm going crazy right Christians now because of this game. On the kickoff, <laughs> does it? No, not at all. So, uh, anyway, I will speak to you in a week, sir. Sounds like a plan. Looking forward to it. <laughs> all right, Reggie. Have a good week. Take care, Jim. Go Irish. Yep. yep. Go Irish indeed. And that will take care of things for us on the official Notre Dame football postgame show. Uh, my thanks to Matt Embry and uh, Brian Van Skoik, uh, board hopping back at the station on both uh, Sunny 101.5 and Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Another great job by them as well. And uh, like I said, We'll eventually figure out what time everything's going to be starting as far as uh, as far as our post game show, or at least have an idea of it uh, when uh, when Syracuse and Notre Dame announce it. So uh, keep it tuned uh, to all your usual all your usual information spots for for that. Uh, until next week, I'm for Reggie Brooks. I'm Jim Irizarry. This has been the official Notre Dame football post game show. This has been the official Notre Dame football postgame show presented by St. Joseph Health System. Brought to you by Coca-Cola, Sirius XM, Chili's, Papa Vino's, South Bend Orthopedics, South Bend Airport, West Bend Insurance, Centier Bank, and ABC 57 News. Also by Pet Refuge, Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, OSMC, and the Food Bank of Northern Indiana. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 